Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. See ham on the track. You know how we do it, man. Oh, boy, CHP, see the phenol. Hey, you.
everybody, and welcome you to the Press Box. Your boy is online right now, Jermaine Houston. The main event is in the building. So excited about this weekend. Rivalry weekend is upon us. And I got a confession to make. I'm actually wearing a red T-shirt. That's how confident I am in my Auburn Tigers. That's how confident I am in those Michigan Wolverines. That's how confident I am in all the boys that are wearing blue right now that are playing football. That's how confident I am today. And then on top of that, we got some breaking news, and, and you know, the excitement just keeps going on and on and on for me. Ed O'Dron, according to a lot of reports, Tony Barnhart was the first to report this, uh, according to ESPN, according to Bleacher Report, according to a lot of sources. Ed O'Dron is going to be named a new head coach of the LSU Tigers as early as tomorrow. So, Stay tuned on that. Ed O'Dron, the new LSU head coach. That is a really big, big deal. Also, another rumor that's been that's been going about, that's been around for the last couple of weeks is not just the Tom Herman deal situation was at Texas. Charlie Strong is expected to be fired before the afternoon. Um, some people say as early as noon. Um, there'll be a press conference regarding that um, tomorrow morning. Uh, according to most reports, but most reports are saying that Charlie Strong will be fired um, as early as today, um, press conference tomorrow. So we'll we'll know something about that tomorrow. Also, a uh, big rumor is, is that the Purdue athletic director has gone to the Western Michigan athletic director to see about PJ Flex buyout. His buyout right now was at two and a half million dollars. That could there is some reports that PJ Flex could be the new Western Michigan. I mean, could be the new Purdue head football coach as early as Monday or Tuesday. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of rumors going on there. So let's just jump into the daily devotional. We'll talk about a lot more of this later on. Uh, big show is upon us. I was talking Iron Bowl. We're talking clean, old-fashioned hate. We're talking the Egg Bowl. We're talking Florida, Florida State, Illinois, Northwestern, Michigan, Ohio State. We're talking, we're talking big games tonight. Also, we're talking Notre Dame, USC, which is lost his luster a little bit. Colorado, Utah. Well, Colorado, all I have to do is win, and they'll play Washington in the in the Pac-12 championship game over at Levi's Stadium. So there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot, of, a lot of sports news to talk about. But we're going to jump into the Daily Devotional. The Daily Devotional comes from our friends over at In Touch Ministries. This one's, this one's really, really good. I, I want everybody to listen up on this one. Um, the theme of today, the, the title of today's devotional is Praise Builds Courage. And I'm taking the I'm taking the passage from Second Chronicles, chapter twenty, verses fourteen to thirty. Then, in the midst of the assembly, the spirit of the Lord came upon Yaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Yael, the son of Mattaniah, the Levitite, and sons of Asher. And he said, "Listen." All Judah and inhabitants of, of Jerusalem and, Jean, and King Jehoshaphat. Thus the Lord, thus says the Lord to you, 
Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up to the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at, at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jeruel. You need not to fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. The Levites, the sons of, of the, Kohot, the Kohotites, and the sons of the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. They rose early in the morning and, and went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord, put your trust in, in the Lord, your God, and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and his success and succeed. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire as they went out before the army and said, Give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. When they began singing and praising, the Lord set ambushes against the sons of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had came against Judah, so they were routed. For the sons of Ammon and Moab rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, destroying them completely. And when they had finished with the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When Judah came to look out of the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and behold, there were corpses lying on the ground, and no one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take the spoil, they found so much among them, including goods, garments, valuable things that which they looked for themselves more than they could carry. And they were three days taking the spoil because there was so much. Then on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Ber- Berakah. For, they, for they, there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, they named that, that place the valley of Berakah until today. Every man of Judah and Jerusalem returned with Jehoshaphat on the, at their head. Turning to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem with harps, lyres, trumpets, to the house of the Lord. And the dread of God was on the kingdoms and of the lands, and they, they, they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for God gave him rest on all sides. Believers oftentimes think of praise as a byproduct of good fortune. But praise is appropriate in any circumstance. Honoring God in the midst of trouble causes the human heart to undergo a dramatic change from frightened to courageous. We cannot, we cannot own, truly claim to understand the power of praise until we have experienced this transformation for ourselves. Let me, refer, let me say that again. 
let me say that one more time. We cannot truly claim to understand the power of praise until we have experienced this transformation for ourselves. When messengers came with warnings of an advancing army, King Jehoshaphat became fearful, as in as in Second Chronicles twenty and three, where he was afraid, turned his attention to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast, a fast throughout all Judah. But he recalled the Lord's sovereignty and past faithfulness. He remembered that God provides solutions to seemingly hopeless situations. The divine solution seemed strange, rather unnerving. You need not to fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, as in as in seven verse seventeen. But in the next instant the king and his people were on their faces worshiping the Lord. Praise magnifies God's presence, making his followers more aware of him standing with them. The Israelites knew their protector was in their midst. They trusted he had a plan because praise had reminded them that this was always true of God, celebrating the Lord bolsters faith. Jehoshaphat's heart traveled a spectrum from fearful to helplessness to courageous. The Lord intervened personally and miraculously for the Israelites. He will do the same for you. The next time you face a troubling situation, choose praise instead of self-pity. God will release his power in your life, giving you courage and filling your heart with joy. Let me read that one more time. The next time you face a troubling situation, choose praise instead of self-pity. God will release his power in your life, giving you courage and filling your heart with joy. See, here's the thing. There is nothing like praying for salvation as it is praying for something good. When you pray for something good, you want something to happen for you right then. Whereas if you pray and you give praise, all good things will come to you in waves that you that you don't understand. So instead of praying like an instant prayer, why don't you say a prayer for your future? Won't you say a prayer for won't you say a prayer for tomorrow? Won't you say a prayer for the next minute? The next day, the next minute, the next hour, the next, the next second. Because when you pray for instant riches, you won't get them. But when you pray for riches that 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 overflow, when you're in the midst of something major, things will happen for you in abundance. It's the whole thing is called blessed assurance. We learned that when we were kids. That's a little food for thought for you, man. But we're going to take a quick session break. We'll be right back. And we're going to jump into some we're going to jump into some college football, y'all. Y'all stay tuned.
War Eagles, everyone, and welcome back into the press box. This is your man, Jermaine, aka the main event. We in the building right now. It's an iron ball type of feel in my house right now. Um, I'm just, I'm really excited about the iron ball. I'm really excited about the game. I'm really excited about a lot of, a lot of rivalry games today. Civil Wars, you know, Apple Cup was yesterday. Uh, Washington wins the Pac-12 North, winning 45 to 17 over in Pullman. So they'll be going over to Santa Clara and facing the winner of the either Colorado or USC, depending on how that outcome that game comes about uh, later on today. Um, it's just been it's been a it's been a crazy couple uh, the last. 15, 18 hours, you know, in, in, in uh, the state of Georgia, especially in high school football. Um, the 7A state championship, the 7A uh, state football playoffs, I mean, quarterfinals last night and had some great matchups. And we're going to have some juicy, juicy, juicy uh, semifinals um, in the next couple next couple of days. And, um, and um, as far as I know, a lot of there's a lot of uh, coin coin flips, and um, really excited to see what 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 happened last night in regards to those coin flips. Um, let's um, let's go ahead and look at that right now. And um, while we're doing that, I'll go ahead and give you some scores from from last night as well. Um, Roswell North Cobb, that game was actually on on GP on uh, Georgia Public Braxton last night, and uh, Roswell beat North Cobb uh, thirty five to twenty eight, and that was actually a really well played game, and and I was really I was really excited about that game because for me, Roswell was John Ford, seeing that team play the way that they played was just absolutely amazing. And it was it was amazing to me because I got to look at Roswell look vulnerable at times. Um Sheldon Evans, their leading rusher, uh, five thousand career rushing yards. He was hurt. 
I mean, he's been hurt the last couple the last couple games. I mean, he's been limited in the last couple games. He actually came out and had a pretty good game last night. Um, had close to 100 yards rushing. Uh, but Malik Willis, the Westlake transfer, um, who comes over to Roswell from from Westlake last season, um, leading Westlake to the quarterfinals last year. He's led Roswell to a state final and to a state semifinal appearance in his one and only year there. Malik Willis had a, had an outstanding night. Had over had over 250 yards passing. Had almost 100 yards rushing. Uh, two touchdowns rushing. Three touchdowns through the air. Um, a lot of people. Yeah, he's a he's a Virginia Tech commit who will probably not play quarterback, and that's a sad thing because the boy can ball. The boy can ball. And. Um, and um, you know they beat they beat a good North Cobb team, uh, Alabama Alabama um, commit Chandler Wooten uh, plays outside linebacker. They're moving to the inside linebacker this year, and he had an outstanding year. the The entire North Cobb team had an outstanding year. Will Love it quarterback on his way to Georgia on his way to Georgia Southern um, had a great year as well. So big ups to those North Cobb Warriors. Tyler Queen was actually at that game as well. So um seeing his father seeing his father coach. And I, I'm excited for next week. Roswell Westlake Westlake beat Lounds twenty twenty four to twenty one on the last second field goal. And that was big for Westlake because this is a Lions team that's been rolling over everybody. Putting up ninety two against Hillgrove in the first round. Putting up 57 against the number two ranked Norcross team last week. One against a good Westlake team. This is going to be a good matchup of two great defenses against two great against a great offense, coupled with a great defense against a great defense that's coupled with an adequate offense. Roswell has to travel. There was no coin flip in this game. Roswell has to travel to Westlake. Um, the reason why there was no coin flip for this game is because Roswell actually falls through um, in regards to to size of the stadium. Rayman Stadium only holds 4,000 seats, only holds 4,000 people. And you have to have at least 6,000 to host a playoff game at the semifinal level according to John Nelson, who actually shouts out to John Nelson of GPB, Jackie Britton, those those uh, men and women over there. Um, so he actually he actually explained that to me, and it's a great rule. Crazy as it sounds, it is a good rule. We bump over to the other side. Grayson beat Mill Creek. Grayson beat Talkwood 49-21. Ending that two-year, uh, that two-year, two-year uh, state championship run for Cockwood County at the highest classification. This is a Cockwood County team that's going to be back next year. Um, you know, you win eight straight games after going 0 and 4 against one of the toughest schedules in possibly the country I know in the state. I mean, between Cockwood and Archer, those two, those two schools had the toughest schedules, and Cockwood winning the region for the third straight year. 
going up against Grayson, gave Grayson a really good fight. Grayson just comes through. They had a little bit too much firepower. Jemias Williams had three touchdowns rushing in that game. Um, Chase Bryce had a couple of throwing touchdowns. And this semifinal game is actually, for me, it's probably going to be the, one of the better quarterback matchups in regards to who's playing in this game. Cameron Turley of Mill Creek. Uh, Mill Creek beat McEachern 31-28. And McEachern, you know, some very, very prized recruits as well, uh, led by Bailey Hoffman and and um, who's Florida State bound, uh, Cameron Turley, who is going to play baseball at Georgia Tech. Kind of like Norcross quarterback Baron Ratcliffe um, they'll be both be playing. They'll both be playing baseball at Georgia Tech. I think both of those guys should actually rethink their strategy and actually play football at Georgia Tech, provided that Paul Johnson, as rumored, will be let go at the end of the season. Don't know just yet. We'll, we'll talk more about that in the next couple of weeks. Grayson Mill Creek has probably one of the best quarterback matchups. You got Trace Bryce of Grayson. You have Cameron Turley of, of Mill Creek. This is gonna be a shootout. Grayson actually won. Grayson actually won the coin toss. They'll be playing this game at Grayson Community Stadium. That means Mill Creek has to make that twelve, that that twenty-two minute drive for, over from Mill, from Hoxton to over to Loganville. And this is gonna be a great matchup. This is gonna this is gonna be a great matchup. And you're gonna see. You're gonna. I, I would. I wouldn't be surprised if you see about ten thousand people in, at this game. Because this is probably the biggest game of the of the semifinals um, of 7A. This is probably the marquee matchup, Grayson Mill Creek. And I would love to be at Grayson Community Stadium next week to see this matchup. Moving forward, we have semifinals as well here. Northside Warner Robins pulled a big upset of Glen Academy. Rocky Hill Doggo's men made it all the way to the state finals last year in 6A, losing to Alatoona 10 nothing. They lose to a good Northside Warner Robins team. Last Houston County school left in the entire in the entire tournament. Northside went over to went over to um went over to Brunswick, beat Glen Academy 42 to 20. They set up a matchup with Tucker. They traveled to Tucker. Dalton, Valdosta, Dalton wins the coin flip, which means that Valdosta has to drive up 75 for the four-and-a-half-hour drive to face the Cannonmouths of Dalton um, in that other semifinal game, and that's going to be a big-time matchup. I mean, Alan Rodemaker, you know, taking over for, for Rance Gillespie, who's, who's the co-offensive coordinator at Georgia Southern, against a Dalton, against a Dalton team. And that great, that great offense, and that that always stout defense, traditionally stout defense. I mean, Valdosta's got their hands cut out, got the got the hands full. They got to bring a lunch, and well, they'll bring a lunch, dinner, and possibly breakfast because that's a long drive from Valdosta to Dalton. That's, I mean, you're going clear across the state, you know, and. And that, that that brings up a question that a lot of people have. I have anyway. Why don't you know? There's about a two. That's about a 300 mile distance between the two schools. Why not meet in the middle, 150 miles away? And 
I think in the middle would probably be Stockbridge or Mary Persons or somewhere like that. I mean, Griffin. I mean, why don't they just play there? So, I mean, like, that's... That was one of the questions that I had, you know, like, there has to be some sort of limit to how far you can travel. I mean, I know that there's something like that in Texas and things of that nature, but anyway, just going to run down through the scores real quick. Dalton home to Valdosta next week. Uh, Valdosta beat Stevenson 31-21. to Coffee, uh, Dalton held on to beat Coffee 30-28, to and Coffee actually scored like 18 unanswered to make that game real close in the last couple minutes. So, um, Dawson had to hold on there. Tucker beat Mays 28-21 in a in just a high just a defensive struggle. Um, just Tucker had the ball last. That that was that's about all there. And like I said Tucker Tucker is home to Northside Warner Robinson um, at Tucker. But Austin travels to Dalton, and that that's not an easy place to play. And we'll move forward. 5A is the most unpredictable region of all. Uh, Stockbridge beat Griffin 41-27. to Stockbridge has to travel to Rome. Rome won the coin toss there. Kell beat Willing and Stockbridge 44-29. to They have to travel to Tom Riding Stadium in Buford. Buford beat uh, Carrollton 34-27, and that was just a fight. That was that was just an out-and-out fight. Um Moving forward there, Cartersville uh, went beat uh, Woodward 26-15. And uh, this is the first time that, that Cartersville has been, been held on the 30 points the entire season. They play a good married person's team who beat Blessed Trinity, who were the beating finalists last year in AAA. Um, they were beaten 28-27 by married person's. Mary Persons makes the makes the trip to Cartersville as Cartersville wins that coin toss. Jefferson and Thompson, this is gonna be a really good matchup too. Uh Jefferson beat Cairo seventeen thirteen. Uh went to Cairo, beat Cairo seventeen thirteen. Thompson had little trouble with Spalding, thirty to seven. Thompson, Jefferson, um, just a really good matchup and um my my old head coach Rob Ridings. Um, head coach at Thompson, thirteen and zero this year. Um, really excited to see see about this game. Um, Cartersville with with Trevor Lawrence, who's on number one quarterback, um, number one junior quarterback in the country against the Mary Persons defense, who has possibly the stoutest defense in the, in in all of Georgia high school football. So very fun to see that matchup. And Triple A, A is pretty much the same. Westminster is out. Uh, Westminster was the defending Triple A state champion last year. Um, they lost to Peach County 27-17. So both finalists from the from the Triple A state championship game last year are out. Um, Peach County, Great Atlanta Christian, Davis Mills versus Peach County. That traditionally a great defense at Peach County. Traditionally a great, just well-coached team. Um, the brothers over there at at, at Peach County. <laughs> that's gonna be it's gonna be a war, and uh, 
Peace County actually won that coin flip as well. So GSC will have to travel to Fort Valley. Pierce County uh, put up 56 against Pierce County, 56 to 21. They faced Cedar Grove, who beat Calhoun, went up to Calhoun and beat Calhoun 47 to 21. So Cedar Grove actually has to travel to Cordell. And uh, it's going to be a good matchup as well. Double A. Double A is pretty much the same. Callaway, um, from my area of the, of the woods, Troop County, uh, keeping Troop County prior to life, um, they beat Scraven County at Scraven 35-34. They were actually down 34-16 to, 34 to 16 in this game and um, come back and win that game uh, by one point. They'll travel to Benedictine. Benedictine wins over Pepperell. Um, 51 to 13. So, Callaway's going to be Road Warriors again. They were in they were in Northeast Georgia last last night. They'll be going over to uh, Savannah and playing Savannah, playing at playing at, um, at Memorial Stadium in Savannah uh, next Friday night for a spot in the dome. Rabin County um, Fitzgerald. Rabin County actually lost his game, and Rabin County was actually the team that I picked to win it all in double A. I thought that they were, I thought that they were a better team, but making a five hour drive from, from, um, from the North Georgia mountains and tiger all the way down to, to Fitzgerald, that that's, that's a rough drive for anybody. So, I mean, five hour drive going South, um, based on Fitzgerald, they lose that game 35 to 16. Fitzgerald will play, Hateful Charter, who beat Chattooga 30-21. Hateful Charter, unknown territory for this for this school from Hateville, right up 85 in the Atlanta area, just inside the Fulton County, just inside the Fulton County line, um, not far from not far from uh, from uh, Sandy Creek High School, actually. So, if you if you're familiar with the area of Fayette County, um, Fulton County line there, one side eighty five is Fulton County, the other side is is uh Fayette County, so not very far off the exit. Had some great players come out of that school. So uh hey, we'll Charter, first time first time in a long time. Um first time ever state semifinalist. Um go to single A public. Manchester was beaten by Macon County. Uh, Macon County actually won the region over Manchester, and this was a game that was played that was played a couple weeks ago, well, three weeks ago in Manchester, um, where the officials didn't show up, and the game didn't get started till ten o'clock. They actually showed up last night and actually on time, so Macon County actually got the win in time. <laughs> um, they're the number one seed. They'll be at home. They'll play Emmanuel County Institute. Um, big shout out to ECI. They beat Urban County forty-four to twenty-five. They put up a big number last night. Um, this is going to be uh, single A public is probably going to be the best um, of all of of all the semifinals. I think Macon County ECI, McIntosh Academy, McIntosh County Academy beat Green County thirty-nine to twenty-two. They faced Clinch County, who beat Commerce 44 to nothing. Again, traditional powers 
in that southern in that in that that southern central southern portion of south of Georgia starting to show their head. The swamp the swamp men facing the McIntosh facing McIntosh County, um, who's from Middle Georgia, um, the Savannah area as well. So it's gonna be a lot of fun just to just to watch these these two matchups. And single A private um much the same. Uh Ingles Landing Christian um uh, beat Wesleyan thirty five to thirteen. They host Tatnaw Square, who's in the state semifinals for the first time ever. They beat Calvary Day twenty eight to fourteen. Eagles Landing Christian is one of those schools that could probably play with anybody in the state. They beat a five A Eagles Landing school beat a four A Eagles Landing like um earlier in the season. Uh Crosstown Rivalry, that's those two schools are like five miles apart. So really excited about Eagles Landing Christian, Tatnall Square, T Square getting through, Fellowship Christian getting through. They beat Mount Perrin 45 to 13, first time ever for Fellowship Christian. They faced Prince Avenue Christian, who was coached by um by Grayson head coach last year. By the Grayson head coach last year. This is a good Prince Avenue Christian team. Um really excited to see what's gonna go on. The one, two, four, and five seeds. One, two, three, and five seeds are in the are in the state semifinals in single A private. Again, the single A the single A playoffs semifinals, both of them, the both the private and the public, they're they're showing just great power. Great, great power. And really excited I'm really excited to see what's gonna happen with that. Also big shout outs to Opelika High School, Beauregard High School. Um, um, Hanley High School and um, I'm missing one. Um, I can't I can't remember the other school, but there's three there's four schools in this area that are going to Jordan Hare and they're going to face um, Northern Opposition four state championships. Opelik is through in six A. Um, Hanley's through in four A. Um, special shout out to to those Lynette Panthers. Lynette lost last night, forty two to twenty to a good five team. We'll be playing at Auburn for the state championship, state championship next week as well. Just just go out and support your, your local high schools. Beauregard playing in their first state final in a long time, a very long time. Uh, also, some breaking news that that we all saw coming. Didn't think it was going to come this early in the day, but Charlie Strong has been has been fired, um, as confirmed. As as we know, he's been fired. Uh, Tom Herman has not made a decision on whether he'll take the Texas job. We know that Texas is is really high up on him, um, but I don't understand why they would be up on him, high up on him, when he's lost three games this year. I mean, just because he was he's a He's a Urban Meyer protege. He's a he lost one game this year. He's lost three games this year. You know, so I think they're trying to strike while the iron's hot, and I think the iron's going to end up biting them in the end. Um, I'm I, I don't know what to say about that. I think there's too many cooks in that kitchen, and that's all I'm going to say about that. And uh, 
you know, the one thing that I think that will probably happen in the next couple of weeks is that I think it's going to happen in the next couple of weeks is that we're going to see we're going to see Tom Herman either turn that job down and they go after somebody else or I mean, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be said about about that, but we're going to take a quick session break. We'll be right back. We're going to come back. We're going to talk some Iron Bowl. We're going to talk some clean old fashioned hate. We're going to talk. We're going to talk. We're going to talk rivalry weekend, and and uh, y'all stay tuned. People still searching for this truth here. Uh, 
same bitch just dropping in, uh, why you sound like Rock Glenn? Well, can't be the better jacket than, through the lights on my own. I get away. New bike, new stage, new life, new game, new price, same vision, new hype. If I could get away. At these crib. If I could get away. Like a villain on a getaway. Get See the pedal break. Tailgate crew, my name is Jermaine, aka the main event is in the building. 
Iron Bowl weekend is upon us. We're talking clean fashion hate today. We're talking the Egg Bowl. We're talking Florida, Florida State right now. But right now we're going to talk Iron Bowl this season. Big, big, big game in regards to bowl, bowl matchups, bowl seating, playoff implications all bound. So we're starting to look at I'm look at a lot of different things right now, and um, really excited to see what's going to happen. Um, here's here's the thing that a lot of people uh, here's the thing that a lot of people need to understand about about the Iron Bowl. This is not just Alabama Auburn. This is actually religion against religion. This is almost. Celtic Rangers. This is almost BYU Utah in a sense, where Auburn is the Catholics, Alabama's the Protestants, Auburn's the Democrats, Alabama's the Republicans. Here's the difference between the two teams. Auburn's cuter, okay? Auburn fans are cuter than than Alabama fans, and I'll I'll be the first to say that. But that whatever. Here's the thing that here's the key to the game. You have a stout Auburn offense versus almost 300 yards a game, number three in the nation, against a defense who's number three in the nation against the run. Advantage? No one. We look at quarterback play. Jalen Hurts is a is a true freshman from Channel View, Texas who took Region 21-6A by storm last year, winning the player of the year in, in District 21-6A last year. This is a really good Jalen Hurts. He, he puts me in the mindset of the body type of a Blake Sims with the arm strength of A.J. McCarron mixed with the brains of a, of a Greg McElroy. And when you get those three guys together, those are three guys who – have won a have won a combined four national championships, five SEC championships, and four different bowl games. And they're also five and one against Auburn. So I mean that's another thing that, that we haven't really talked about. Those guys are five and one against Auburn. This kid could go one and no against Auburn. But I'm not going that far yet. We look at the Auburn side of the ball. We look at Sean White. When Sean White is healthy, he is one of the most efficient passers in the nation. When you let him be a be a quarterback who just thinks on the fly, let him be that let him be that that guy who just he he is a tempo quarterback. He's played in the system before. When he plays with tempo and he he's getting the passing game going and he's he's on he's on in that regards and he's handing the ball off. This is a guy who can just rip you apart in that regard. We look at him; he can he can also give you a little bit a little bit of a of a run option if he has to. But he's not a John Franklin. He's not a Cam Newton. He's not a he's not a He's not a, a Nick Marshall type player. He's more of 
if we go back to the Tulsa day, if we go back to Malzahn in the Tulsa days, he's more of a Paul Smith. He's more of a of a Johnson kind of guy, a uh, uh, Duke Johnson kind of guy, who both threw who both threw over four thousand yards. Paul Smith threw five thousand yards, threw for five thousand yards in Malzahn's offense. Johnson threw for over four thousand yards in his offense. So. In that regard, that's who Sean White puts me in the, in the in the mindset of. He's a great passer, who's when he's on, he's on. So we're actually looking at things like that in this game. He's got a healthy Cameron Petway, along with healthy Carryon Johnson. You actually add add in a Stanton Truitt and and a Cam Martin. This is this is really really good deep lineup for Auburn. Ruben Foster on the other side, that front seven, that mean front seven. Minka Fitzpatrick who likes to get up and and bang in the run, that likes to come up and, and hit people in the run, support the run. This is a very speedy sideline to sideline type defense for Alabama. Whereas Auburn, when healthy. They're very banged up right now, but when healthy, this could be a really good Auburn offense. Sean White's not healthy. Cameron Petway, we don't know his status as of yet. We all know that Carrion Johnson has been hurt, has an ankle, has an ankle situation. Who and his ankle will probably need surgery at the end of the season, um, according to a source that I have. Among uh, at Auburn, um, he could have ha- he could have to have surgery and possibly miss spring. So this is this is one of those situations where it's going to be a lingering injury. If he can play through the pain, he'll play. If he can't, he won't. But I- I'm really excited to see what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks with the- with those teams. I really am. And you know, we look at the offense. We look at Alabama's offense. Scarborough being injured. Um, got good running backs there as well. Good rushing attack for Alabama. Also got a great, got a great passing attack as well. You have you have a number of receivers that can go get the ball. So I mean, it, it's it's almost as if if we look at this game. It's almost as if you're looking at mirror images of each other, but they do things a little bit different. Whereas Auburn's always going to be up tempo all the time. Alabama's going to be up tempo some of the time. Some of the times they'll be. Some of the times they'll be, you know, a little bit of that traditional offense. So we're looking at two schools. Who pretty much do the same things, but they do it a little bit differently. Both guys, both teams have nasty defenses. Both teams have nasty offenses. Here's the difference between the two. Between the two, you have Alabama, who's here, and everyone else who's just underneath them. Alabama can can level that playing field a little bit if they play within themselves. They've got a great front seven. Led by Maurice Swain, Montrevious Adams, Carl Lawson. That front seven for me is 
when they're on, this is probably the best front seven in the SEC, not named Alabama, not named Arden Key, not named um, the, the A&M uh, defensive end. You know, not, not, there's not those guys. This is a really good, solid defense at, at Auburn. Do I think that they'll give up points? They'll give up some. Do I think this could be a defensive struggle? I think this really could be a defensive struggle. I think this could be LSU, Alabama again, with more emotion, with more with more passion. That's this is a lot. Of, this is a lot of what we're talking about in regards to this game. There's going to be a lot of passion because Auburn wants to get to nine wins. Nine wins. You know, they won't win the division, but nine wins could possibly get them into a New Year's Six. It could possibly get them into a Cotton Bowl against a possible Western Michigan, with coupled with the loss that Boise State had. So you're looking at you're looking at a possibility of of Auburn if they win this game. If they win this game, possibly going to Cotton Bowl, getting into New Year's Six. Possibly going to the Cotton Bowl, facing Western Michigan. Possibly going to the Sugar Bowl and facing the ACC champion. Should Clemson not make it to the playoffs, you're looking at. I mean, we're looking at so much right now because Auburn could end up in the New Year's Six if they win. Nine and three could get them into a New Year's Six. Eight and four gets them to a get to, gets them to a good New Year's Bowl game, uh, possibly the Buffalo Wild Wings Citrus Bowl, possibly the the um, possibly the Tampa, possibly the Gator Bowl. I mean, it gets them a New Year's Bowl. So that that in regards is big for in. In regards to bowl bowl seating for Alabama for Auburn, Alabama status quo they win they win they know they win out next week against Florida they're in the playoffs they'll be a one seed. We look at Auburn again. We look at Auburn. They can pull a big upset. Auburn still has a chance to possibly sneak into. You know, possibly sneak into a New Year's into into the playoffs, but a lot of things have to happen between for that to happen. That means that you have to have Michigan beat Ohio State big, which isn't going to happen. You have to have Washington get big in the in the past game, which won't happen. Um. Clemson would have to lose the ACC championship game, which won't happen. So we're pretty much stuck at at plan A, which is getting into a New Year's Six, possible Cotton Bowl with, with Western Michigan, or being 8-4, and four, going to Jacksonville, Orlando, or Tampa, New Year's Day. So that's that's where we're going with that. Do I have a prediction for this game? Of course, I think Auburn will win 24-20. I mean, I'm not going to pick against Auburn. I mean, I would be crazy to pick against Auburn. When I'm an Auburn fan and I'm actually wearing an Auburn shirt or Auburn hat right now. So, 
Auburn could pull the upset. They have to get stops defensively. They've got to have special get special teams play. They have to make field goals. Well, well, they will make field goals, but Alabama missed field goals too. But we can't give up anything in in the return game to Alabama. Period. We can't give up a defensive score to Alabama. Period. Because when they get a defensive score, this is when they win ball games. I mean. The offense is adequate enough to put points on the board. I mean, okay, they, they put up 36 points a game. But beyond the point, the point I'm trying to make is that if Auburn can make timely stops coupled with not giving up a defensive touchdown like they did against like they did against Georgia, like they did against like they did in those in those three losses. This Auburn team has to be sound in all three phases, well, all four phases, because you got to have good mastering of play calling. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'll get to the point. Auburn can win this game. I'll say they win this game twenty-four to twenty, simply because I'm not going to pick against them. Period. That's all I'm going to say about that. Like Auburn in this game. Now we move on to Michigan, Ohio State. (sighs) (sighs) Michigan, Ohio State for me is one of those games that you just, as a football fan, if you don't like football, you don't like rivalry games, then you should never be a football fan. You should never be allowed to watch football ever again. You should just be an NFL fan for the rest of your life. Michigan-Ohio State has so much meaning to me because as a child growing up, I thought Jim Harbaugh was my father because that's all I heard was Jim Harbaugh this, Jim Harbaugh that. It's a joke. It's a joke, guys. Hear me out. Jim Harbaugh, Bo Schembechler, for me, was like watching two grown, two father and son, two father, no, a father and a son teaching each other, showing each other the ropes. When I see Harbaugh now, I see him with Wilson Spate, and I see him doing the same thing with Wilson Spate. I see him doing the same thing with an Andrew Luck. I saw him doing the same thing with with um last year with Jake Rudolph. I mean, there was so he he's had so much love and he's got so much respect respect for the state of Michigan and the program that he graduated from. You can just see that in his in his heart. You can see that in everything that he does. He he bleeds blue. Here's the reason why I think Michigan will beat Ohio State. I love the Jabril Peppers factor. That that that's that's a big part of it. But it goes beyond Jabril Peppers. We look at what the running backs do. We look at what Wilson Spate brings to the table. He's efficient. He doesn't he doesn't give the ball up. He doesn't turn the ball over. 
he plays within himself. He does things that you don't normally see. He does the little things. He can run this offense like the back of his hand. John O'Corn is the same way. Shane Morris is the same way. But Wilson Spade, he just has he has the pulse of the team. Whereas those guys, they really don't. They really don't. And that's that's the difference of why Wilson Spade is in there right now. And he's playing hurt as opposed to a John O'Corn who's just coming in from Houston, still getting acclimated to the offense. You know, this is a very, very condensed type offense, very complicated, complex offense. It's a pro-style offense with a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of motion, if you don't understand. There's a lot of motion. There's a lot of there's a lot of give. There's a lot of take in, in, in this game. You know, a lot of reading of defenses. Whereas with Ohio State, it's a read and react type offense. They're fast paced. They're gonna try to get you off off your game in some sort of way. This is the difference between what you see here and what you see there. That makes sense. Michigan has a great defense. Their front seven is, is dynamite. Their secondary is their secondary is so deep. I mean, they can go eight deep in the secondary. What school do you know can go seven, eight deep in the secondary? Michigan can do that. Ohio State can do that. We look at both of these teams and they mirror each other so much. They mirror so much in the similarities of how they play, what they do defensively, what they, I mean, what they do offensively and what they do defensively is a is a little bit different, but they're not afraid to push the envelope with each other. They're not afraid to, I mean, dare I say this is a new Woody and both. I mean, we know that Urban Meyer doesn't really have a real liking to to Harbaugh. We know that Harbaugh doesn't really have a real good liking to anybody from from Ohio State. So it makes this game almost nostalgic in a sense. And I can go back I can go back and, and just remember some of the games that Harbaugh played in, especially Especially the '86 game, where he just he just went lights out. I mean, he was lights out and put that team on his shoulder and won that game single handedly. Seems like. And I look at '93. I look at the Eddie George game. You know, the the Eddie George game where he just he just showed out. I look back to to the Desmond Howard Heisman pose game. I look I look back to. To the catch, you know, to to um, Charles Woodson's catch leading up to that game. I mean, I can just remember a lot of things happening in that game, where the jawing back and forth between um, I can't remember if it was Kenyon Rambo and and um, Charles Woodson or I can't I can't remember, but I just remember the hand fighting and. And the helmets come flying off. And I remember the Rock'em Sock'em Robots kind of deal. That's that's the way I felt 
when I watched that, when I watched that game, look, go back and look at that game. I mean, it's so it, the rivalry is so there. It's always been there, but it takes on extra meaning now because the loser of this game drops out of that top four. No matter how close the game is, no matter how how the outcome goes, the winner of this the, the winner of this game moves on. The loser of this game goes home. Does that give extra ammunition to the possibility that a two-loss Penn State can jump into the and jump into one of those playoff positions? Yeah, but no, possibly, but could happen. But what could happen is you could you could possibly end up with a two-loss Oklahoma in in the playoffs if. If Michigan falters, or one loss Ohio State, if you know whatever happens, you know it, it, it's so different because Ohio State can get in. Ohio State has to hope for a Penn State loss. Penn State has to win and hope for a Michigan loss. So. We look at the at the Big Ten East. We look at the Big Ten East like we look at the at the SEC West. That's where your power is, and I think that's possibly the reason why they went to the Legends and Leaders Division, which really didn't make any sense. It didn't. You know, East West would be great, but. I see why they try to shy away from the from the East West situation because of what you have here. You know, you have some good teams in the East opposed to I won't say garbage teams in the West, but you don't have that power excuse me, you don't have that power team in the West like like you had like you had with the Legends of the Leaders Division. We have one school over the other, over the other. You know, it made no sense. But this, for me, Michigan winning this game, coupled with a Penn State loss, Michigan makes the playoffs. Ohio State wins. Ohio State gets Penn State to go into to go into the um, the Big Ten championship game. And they have to hope to God that Wisconsin beats Penn State because that would be the only way that a non-conference champion will get into will get into the playoffs. Even then, you still have to look at the possibility of a two-loss Oklahoma. Got a possibility of a two-loss ACC championship team. You no, know, should Clemson should Clemson get upset by South Carolina, or Virginia Tech pulls an upset next week against Clemson? I mean, there there's so much there's so much room for error between this week and next week, and we'll talk about championship Saturday next week. But there's so much room for error. I mean, and dare I say, a two loss Colorado team could make the playoffs over. If one lost Michigan team that lost to Michigan earlier in the year, but played Michigan really tough, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I mean, like I said, there's so many intangibles that go along with these games. They they coincide with each other. It's almost like Will Smith and Six Degrees of Separation, if you think about it. Like, re- like really think about this. Let, let's really think about this here because Michigan played Colorado early in the season. And I said that Colorado, if they didn't lose that quarterback, Michigan would have lost that game. Of course, Michigan won that game by 17. Michigan went to Ohio State. Michigan went to Penn State, lost to Penn State. Penn State went to Ohio State, lost to Ohio State. But here's the difference. Here's the difference in this. In this, we look at a Michigan team who lost early in the year. Who lost early in the year to a good Wisconsin? Was it Wisconsin or I can't remember who they lost to? They, I think Michigan. No, Michigan lost to Penn State. Okay, Ohio State lost to I can't remember who they lost to, but in a matter of of minutes. No matter of five and a half hours, six hours, if you want to do the real math, Michigan could go from being <coughs> from wanting to kill Ohio State if they lose to rooting for Ohio State if they lose. Because that's the only way that that or that either one of those schools get into the playoffs. If the winner of this game, how, how can I put it? You're looking at a Michigan team who lost to Penn State, a Ohio State team who lost who lost like hours later. So Ohio State put themselves out. Michigan is got to play their way back in. That make does that make sense to everybody? I mean, okay, we're looking at two rivalry games here. Penn State has to win, hands down. Penn State wins, coupled with the Ohio State loss, means that Penn State goes into the into the Big Ten championship. Michigan wins, coupled with a Penn State loss, means that Michigan will get into the the Big Ten championship, which means that Ohio State would be that team looking in. But if Michigan falters against Wisconsin in the in the Pac, in the Big Ten championship game, that means that there's a possibility that Penn State or Ohio State could get in. Coupled with the fact that if Clemson gets beat by by Virginia Tech. Washington gets beat by by the winner by Colorado or USC, coupled with the fact that Florida has to play Alabama and if Florida beats Alabama, you see how all of this just coincides and just balls itself up and just rolls itself out into just a big old jumble of vomit. I mean, that's the best way of putting this. I mean, I, I don't know any other way of explaining how this could go because there's so many different things that could happen between here and there because you, there's so much that could happen. 
Bedlam's going to come down. Bedlam is going to be a big-time matchup because you've got a good next week. Bedlam, Bedlam is important. It's got playoff implications all over it as well because Oklahoma wins that game. They win the Big 12, but do they fall short of the playoffs? Depending on how things fall in the Big 10 championship game. It really depends on the Big Ten Championship game. The Big Ten Championship game is going to be that game where it's going to set the pendulum swinging in ways that we'll never understand, that we'll, we won't understand for all of eternity. And that, that this is true. This is very true of this game. We look at other games that 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 involve other teams. Of course, Boise lost last night. Of course, Washington won big last night. Nebraska lost big last night to Florida. Into uh, Iowa lost big, won big against Nebraska. LSU put up fifty four on A and M. I mean, and Houston lost their third game of the season to a good Memphis team. That. We all thought it was going to tank without having Justin Fuente on their sidelines. So we look at we look at that, and we look at all the we look at all the other games that that are impactful to the playoffs. It's so difficult just to put things in perspective of what could happen, how this thing, how things could happen, how what. What teams are going to go where? Because you just don't know. You really just don't know. I mean, it, it, it all comes back to this game right here, Michigan-Ohio State. Who's going to win this game? I like Michigan in this game because I'm not picking anybody wearing red. And But I like Michigan in this game because I like the Jabril Pepper tractor. I like the fact that they've got a secondary that they can rotate in and out. They have eight starters in their secondary. But you're going to play four or five on the field. But they're eight deep. Like they are on, on the def- on the defensive line. In their in their defensive line, they're nine, ten deep. So you look at <coughs> you look at a Michigan, you look at a Alabama, you look at a USC, you look at at teams like that, USC got blitzed, absolutely blitzed by Alabama. But there are three lost teams who could be on the precipice of making the Pac-12 championship game if Utah beats Colorado. That's a far cry from what we saw earlier in the season where they just looked discombobulated, you know, the Cody Kessler factor, the you know, Dory Jackson being hurt, missing a couple of games early in the season, you know, being banged up. This is this is one of those games here. Again, it all coincides with Michigan, Ohio State. USC could sneak their way into the top ten of the college football playoff hole with this win. The team that wins big they're going to vault themselves up to being that number two, being that, that one tier lower than Alabama. 
the loser of this matchup, they're going to fall five places, at least five places. I mean, because we're looking at rivalry week now. Rivalry week. Rivalry week. Wow, say that five times fast. We're looking at this matchup. And again, like I said, this matchup will pretty much be the epicenter of what happens in the college football playoff polling on Tuesday. Just it's going to be that way. It's going to be that way. I like Michigan in this game. I think Ohio State has a better off. I think I think Michigan has a better quarterback play right now. JT Barrett looks a little off. Um, Wilson Spate, he's he's looking healthy. Looking at him in warmups. Jabril Peppers is is just he's raring to play. I mean, and rumor is that Jabril Peppers is going to come back for a senior year. Um, he hasn't made a decision on the draft as of yet, but. Um, initial reports have said that he wants to finish. He wants to finish his degree. He wants to. He wants to finish out his degree. Um, he he'd be a December 2017 graduate if he stays. Um, so there's been some rumors there about him wanting to finish his degree out um, and not jump to the NFL. Whereas a lot of people are saying that he may jump. So. There's a lot of there's a lot of leeway here here as well because you don't know if Jabril Pepper I mean his stock is going to be high no matter how you put it but it's just a matter of him wanting to stay in school and chase that national championship or whether he wants to go and chase that money this is what we're looking at that's that's another thing we're looking at this is the last this is his last go around or if it's not his last go around. A lot of lot of intangibles in this Michigan Ohio State game, and again, it all comes back to the college football playoff poll. Ohio State loses this game. That vaults Penn State up a few notches. Michigan loses this game. That vaults Penn State up a few notches. It also puts it also puts the lights of. I mean, I'm, I'm being for real about this. This also puts the likes of a of a Washington back in there. This also opens the door for for Clemson to jump back to that to that three spot or two spot. It also brings out the possibility that the winner of the Pac-12 championship game could, in fact, be. In the playoffs, depending on what happens next week in the SEC championship game, depending on what happens in the in the Big Ten championship game, and depending on what happens in in, in other championship games, as well the ACC championship game. So we're looking at <clears throat> the Big Twelve being that odd man out, unless Oklahoma can pull off a big win. At home against Oklahoma State. This is again all comes back to today. <laughs> it all comes back to today. Wow. I mean, I, there's no other. I mean, there's no other possible way around it. I mean, we look at Florida, Florida State. 
this has playoff implications abound as well because Florida State can vault themselves into the top ten, whereas Florida State could, in fact, give themselves a reason to get into the into the uh, into the bowl of, into the New Year's Six. So this has this has that implication on it as well. Florida playing one less game against a good Alabama team next week. Nine and two actually looks better than eight and three. I'll just I'll say that for Florida. And if Florida can somehow possibly pull the upset against Alabama, which honestly I don't see happening, but it is very possible that you can see that you see upset. But we're looking at Florida State. We're looking at Florida. Austin Appleby is back. He's got that. He's got that offense. He's got that offense sustained now. He's got that offense stable again. Whereas when you saw other quarterbacks playing it and playing for uh, for Florida, really didn't look very fluid. But against the Florida State team, who is very suspect in <laughs> in the defense, especially their secondary. I mean. As much, I love Charles Kelly. I think Charles Kelly is 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 a defensive mastermind, but he's gotten exposed a few times. He's gotten exposed. The three games that they've lost, they've been exposed defensively. And DeAndre Francois is is a maturing quarterback. But do I think that he's he's ready for the big time? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, and I say that I say that with 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 all respect because Sean McGuire, we know who is not going to be healthy. I, I don't even. I mean, he's not healthy at all. I mean, his you can tell that he's he's still hurting. You can tell that he's still he's he's not right. You know. Um, He's talked about taking, trying to get a medical red shirt for next season, which I, I just I, I don't see him getting it. But when you have someone as tough as as a Sean McGuire on your team, you try to play like him. And DeAndre Francois is he's a very good quarterback. Do I think do I think that he was ready for the big time? I think he is, but I think he's not. I just think that he he's a little bit raw in some in some places. I think that he needs a little bit more tuning. Um, but we look at but we look at what he's done over the course of the season. Almost three thousand yards, pass, uh, over three thousand yards passing, almost thirty touchdowns. Um, couple, I mean, some timely interceptions here and there, but. This is a guy he he as he as he's matured over the season. I mean, this is not an eight and three team that should be an eight and three team. This is a this is a Florida State team that should be ten and two. I mean, nine and two, ten and one. You know, this this could be that that Florida that Florida State team. This this is a Florida State team that should that the the record doesn't indicate how good the talent is. They they've had some really tough losses. They've had some really quality wins over a really good 
Ole Miss team, which they struggled against. No giving up 28 points and then outscoring them down the stretch um, 45 to 16. I mean, 45 to 6. I mean, so. We look at we look at a Florida State team who can write the ship. But do I think Charles Kelly is is the right man to lead their defense? Here here's a here's a question that I have. If Ed Ogeron is is smart. I would lock up Dave Aranda for as long as Dave Aranda wants to stay. Because a guy like Dave Aranda going to Florida State with the defense that he runs, he runs the Oki set, which is basically a 4-3 shed or 3-4 shade type defense where you're always got a you always got a nose tackle that's either head up with the center or shaded the center. Okay, so we so when you look at it from that regards, this is a guy that could be the man for the job at Florida State. Like, I mean, he could be the man at Florida State. I mean, but I would I would if I was at Ogden right now, I would say, Dave, how long do you want to stay here? How long do you I mean? Let's build something here. Don't go anywhere. Just build something here with me. I mean, that that's the way that, that Ed Ogeron should, should approach Dave Aranda because Dave Aranda is one of those guys. He's going to be highly sought after, not only as a head coach in the next couple of years, but as, an, as, a, as a defensive coordinator because the guy can coach defenses. I mean, you saw what he did at – we saw what he did at – at Wisconsin. We saw what he did at Utah. We saw what he did at Hawaii. I mean, this is this is a guy who just who gets it. He's a he's a offense he's a defensive mastermind. He's as good as people think he is. And he could be better than advertised. This is the this is the thing that a lot of people don't don't get. Charles Kelly runs the similar type defense that he does. It's out of a 3-4. He runs his Oki out of a 3-4, which is not a traditional Oki because the because the traditional Oki is 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 a 3-4 defense. But in a 3-4 Oki set, yes you do have you do have the line, you do have the defensive tackle over 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 the center, but you walk you walk guys up, you walk guys up, and there's some breaking news. And uh, Tom Herman has decided to take the Texas position, um, according to ESPN's Heather Dinich. Um, I've also got some reports on my phone. John Nelson has reported uh, he's talked to um, some sources that's close to him. Um, that his wife knows. Hey, this is going to happen. Tom Herman will be confirmed as the new head coach at the University of Texas as early as tomorrow. So tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Um, also, 
Uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't understand, you know, the whole situation with, I don't understand the whole situation there, but, you know, I just find that to be completely strange that you, that you just, you put a guy in that situation, like a Charlie Strong, you know, the AD wanted him, you know, you bring him there. Now, now you basically get rid of him after so long. And, you know, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's exactly fair, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, we look at, we look at, at, at football, we look at politics the same way at times. And this is, this is one of those things where, where you had the boosters pressuring people to do something they didn't really want to do. Now, what's going to happen when Tom Herman doesn't get if Tom Herman doesn't get doesn't get the job done? Also, what happens if a guy like Sam Michelle wants to transfer now, or a guy like? Deontay Freeman, you know, would, would you get would you keep a guy like Deontay Freeman? I mean, you can tell that these players want to play for Charlie Strong. They played their hearts out for him. The Chris Warren Juniors, the the Deontay Foremans, the the Swoops, the Sam Ducells. I mean, John Hurts and and um. I mean, Gerard Hurd. I mean, you know, those guys played their hearts out. And no, five and seven isn't going to get the job done. But he had these guys on the up and up. He had these guys. I mean, you didn't see the, you don't see the, the, you don't see the, the intangibles being, being shown where he's giving guys <laughs> how how do you put it? He's giving guys a guide to how to be a man. And he coaches so hard. And I thought that he'd be the perfect fit for Texas. I I thought that he'd be the perfect fit for Texas, but when you look at guys like Red McCombs, you look at you look at other boosters. You look at a guy who who like Charlie Strong is the strong guy who had the backing of the faculty, who had the backing of his AD, who got overruled by his freaking by the freaking I mean the boosters. This is one of those times where the AD and the president needed to just say, hey, shut the hell up. We run the program. You donate the money. Let us run the program. You donate your money. Shut up. He had things going. He was going to get things going in the right direction, which he was. He had things going in the direction that he needed them to go in. Sad thing about it is that 
that he's not going to get a chance to finish the job. I mean, the recruits he had coming in next year was just, I mean, was just simply amazing. I mean, they were going to be great. They were going to fit into that system just perfectly, just perfectly. A lot of them were going to play early. A lot of them were going to play often. But now we we won't get to see that because Tom Herman's going to bring his own guys in. I mean, what he should have done was after last season, he should have got done, got rid of Vance Bedford, brought in another defense coordinator. But I understand where loyalties, where loyalties lie, loyalties will, will remain. So that that's that's the whole that's the sad thing about this. And you know, as as bad as that looks on him, it also shows the character of a man that he is. So, I mean, I just, I, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it. Agree, I don't agree with the firing at all. Um, I felt like he deserved another year. Even at five and seven, I mean, he he did put some good things together. I mean, he had that offense clicking the way that he wanted it to click. He just didn't have the defense, and no one wanted to. No, nobody wanted to really play defense, and that that's just sad. And you know, and you got a guy like Tom Herman coming in, who's an offensive mastermind, but you just lost two straight games. I mean, you just lost two straight games, but you're about to get a big money deal. I mean, didn't they do this with John Makovic? Gave him a big money deal and then got rid of him. And then they hired Matt Brown from North Carolina. And, I mean, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's that's what happened. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost pretty sure that that's how that that happened at at Texas in in 1999. I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. Or 98. It was 98. I'm sorry. Pretty sure that's how it happened. So, you got guys chasing after money. And this so reminds me of of Rich Rod and what he did at... This so reminds me of what Rich Rod did at, at Ohio State, at um, West Virginia when he went to Ohio State. I mean, it just really... It, that's what this reminds me of. This... I mean, there's no other way around. I, I don't know how. I don't know how else to put. It. I mean, like it just, it, it's sad because like I said he's not going to be able to, to put together everything he needs to put together, and and I was hoping that he'd get that chance, and and you know I was hoping that that someone would. Would actually blow the whistle and be like, "Hey, you know, this is what we want. This is what we want. This is what we want. Not what you guys want. What we want." 
Nobody did that, and that that's just sad. And um, I'm really hoping that that things things happen, and things will happen for a reason. So, um, with that, we'll take a quick session break. We'll be right back, and um, we'll come finish out the show. Y'all stay tuned.
sit here laid back to this nice mellow beat, you know, and drop some smooth lyrics. Cause it's 88. Time to set it straight, you know what I'm saying? And there ain't no half stepping. Word. I'm ready. Rapper stepping to me. They want to get some, but I'm the cane, so yo, you know the outcome. Another victory, they can't get with me. So pick a BC day, cause you're a history. I'm the authentic poet to get lyrical. For you to beat me, it's gonna take a miracle. And step into me, yo, that's the wrong move. So what you want, Hobbs? Dope a dog, food. Competition, I just devour. Like a pit bull against a chihuahua. When it comes to being dope, hot damn, I got it good. Now let me tell you who I am. The B I G D A double D Y K A N E. Dramatic, Asiatic, not like many. I'm different. So don't compare me to another, cause they can't hang. Word to the mother. At least not with the principle in this pedigree. So when I roll on your rappers, you better be ready. To die because you're petty. You're just a butter knife. I'm a machete. The slave I can to wait until when you try to front so I can chop into your body. Just because you try to be basic. Friday the 13th, I'ma play Jason. No type of joke, that game, puzzle, or riddle. The name is Big Daddy, yes, big, not little, so define it. Here's your walking papers, sign it, and take a walk. As the cane starts to talk, cause... Second thought, the happy coming out sounding so similar. It's like a fusing for you to remember the originator. And boy, do I hate a perpetrator, but I'm much greater. The best, oh yes, I guess, suggest the best, your best, or mess, or test your highness. Unless you just address with best finesse and bless the paragraph, I manifest. Rap prime minister, some say sinister. Non stopping the groove until winning. The climax, climax, relax and chill. Have a break from a take of me acting. Ill. Brain cells are lit, ideas start to hit Next the formation of words that fit At the table I sit, making it legit And when my pen hits the paper, harsh I stop and stand strong over MCs and devour With the power of Hercules or Samson But I go further to left, cause you can scout my cameo And I still have strength, and no, that's not a myth And if you try to rip or get whipped The man with the given gift of gab Your vocab, I only ignore Be sleeping on your rhymes till I start to snore you can't awake me, or even make me fear your son, cause you can't do me none. So, think about it if you're trying to go. When you want to step to me, I think you should know that. The name is Big Daddy, you know, as in your father. So when you hear a death rhyme, believe that I'm the author. I grab the mic and make them see evaporate. The party people say, damn, that rapper's great. The creator, conductor of poetry, etc., etc. It ain't easy being me. I speak clearly so you can understand Put words together like letter, man Now that's dictation Proceeding to my innovation Not like the other MCs that are an imitation Or an animation A cartoon to me But when I'm finished I'm sure that you are soon to see reality My secret technique Because I always speak with mentality I put my title in your face Dare you to face Then if you try to come get it Yo, I'ma show you who's with it So if you know like I know Instead of messing around Play like Roy Rogers and slow down Give yourself a break Or someone else will take your title Namely me, because I'm homicidal That means murder Your son must have heard another MC To try to get with me I'll just break them and make them and break them and take them and mold them and make them hold up the pizza Welcome back to the Press Box and the Tailgate Crew My name's Jermaine The main event is in the building Wearing my Auburn hat as always And also... 
not picking anybody in red today. So you know, as much as I want to, as much as I want to pick, as much as I want to pick um, Georgia and Florida State to beat Florida and Georgia Tech, I just can't do it. I just, I, I, I won't do it. I'll just say the better team will win in those games because I, I, I mean, they're winning, they're winning too, too, too much red. I mean, I just can't do it. I, I can't do it. Now, if if George Ashley wore the black jerseys this week, I, I probably would pick them today. But, you know, ah, no, 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 can't do it. Can't do it. No, 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 no. But got a few minutes. I'm going to uh, say a special shout out to my man T-Rex. Um, thanks for giving me the time and the opportunity to do this. And also, you know, uh, to the people who, have helped me get through a lot of things uh, here in the last couple of weeks and last couple of months. Um, friendships, families. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend has been a great, great weekend for me. Um, shout out to my cousin Daniel. Uh, haven't forgot about you, bro. Um, matter of fact, I'll be calling you in a few minutes. Um, also, shout out to uh, shout out to the admin Wendy. Uh, KC, Cordier, uh, DJ EA, The Kid Retro. You know, check us all out on our on our different social media platforms. Uh, you can always find me, Jermaine Houston. You can always find the Tailgate Crew page um, at Facebook. You can also uh, hit me up on my on my Twitter pages, Houston 17 and Tailgate Crew on. Hit up Live by Terrence Twitter page. Also hit up the uh, the website www.livebyterrence.com. Um, I have a new blog up um, regarding last week's fight, the Kovalev Ward fight, and um, and I actually did some breaking down of that fight myself. So uh, so in closing, man, everybody just stay safe. Noah's robbery weekend. Everybody, please be safe. Drink responsibly. Don't do anything that that I wouldn't do. And it's holiday weekend as well. So, guys, just just be mindful that there's cops out. And if you're going to drink, drink responsibly and do things the right way. Um, on that note, I'm going to step out and um, get myself ready for the Iron Bowl. Uh, again, War Eagle to everybody. Have a great weekend. Be careful. Be safe. Let's go tailgating. Yeah, man. Hey, yo, T, I think, uh, I think we can keep this one slow. Make it easy to ride to. Yeah. You know, sometimes I look around and I think, like, maybe I am out here on my own. Yeah. Gotta find something. Oh, I can't? But I can try, right? Yeah. Well, what then? You know that ain't so bad. Yeah. I told a girl I love her, you stand on your own. But you ain't gotta deal with these cameras alone. From the beginning, see, I learned how to manage my own. Became the boy, and then I turned to a man on my own. The lone wolf for the pack, moving through hella crap. Down to earth, so it's only natural I hold you down. Now you the one I picture when I roam around And the summer I'm falling for you is going down Yeah, 
saying stuck in a season of mine And I've been shining to the point that my reason is blind Think I'm the one, that that's just something I'm reaching to find Out of control, but yo, that shit that I still been denying Yeah, the light's down, but we staying up And looking back where I started, my only way is up Way to the world, but I lived it before the weight is up And still myself the one and only that I came to trust Now that's some crazy luck Yeah let it rock. But you want some soul shit. Yeah. Uh, and she just keeps saying. You can't rescue me. Oh, nah. You can't save me, no. You know what? Maybe you're right. But what you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. I never really thought realistic Cause when it comes to my vision, man, only I can see it Said only I can reach it And I'm just praying by the time that I'm gone I'll be here in spirit so you can hear this Yeah, well these rappers stuck on the same product Tell them forget it, ain't hard to tell that they ain't got it Simple and plain, I'ma leave this world with my name on it Knowing it's easy to hate the plane when you ain't on it Riding, whipping through the horizon, my time and it's something better than it's ever been. They call me Wolfie from how I'm plying on hella biz. Hip hop's alive and I'm here to show you the evidence. Back to the wall where I started back in the day. I was pushing maximum effort and pulling minimum weight. Trying to show the autos around me that I can stand on my own. Now I swear I'm afraid of nothing. I'm screaming that through the phone. While I'm busy pulling my fam up an animal, how I ran up the standards of how we live it. It's funny they pull the camera. The pics of how I'ma get it when years I've been in my zone. And it's just how I started by killing this on my own, my word is my bond, and I'm just out on my own. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.